Hey everybody, Nomar here. I just wanted to check in before this episode starts to give you a little bit of background. Late last year, while I was recording and researching this podcast, I lost some files. I typically use a USB flash drive to transfer files from my desktop to my laptop, and my laptop is where I upload everything for the podcast. During the melee of writing and recording everything, some files slip through the cracks. There are still some I've yet to recover. But thankfully, I was able to pull this episode out from digital obscurity. I'm very excited to present to you the lost Mary Ellen Pleasant episode. Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slevic. Many have called her the mother of human rights, but others will try to convince us of something more sinister. I'll tell you about Mrs. Pleasant in a second. But first, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. My brand new book, Granite Skies, is now available for purchase. You can get that at the Greenhand Bookshop in Portland, Maine. You can get it on Amazon, Kindle, and for a limited time, you can get a signed copy from my online store. Everything can be found at allmylinks.com slash Slavic, or just click the links in the show notes. All right. Let's talk about Mary Ellen Pleasant. Although she's considered the mother of the civil rights movement in California, many here in the Bay Area have never even heard of Mary Ellen Pleasant. Tonight, a San Francisco supervisor hopes to change that by proclaiming today Mary Ellen Pleasant Day. NBC 11's Susan Sarabo introduces us to a name we should all know. Mary Ellen Pleasant, an African-American woman considered by many to be way ahead of her time. She came out here on her own at the age of 38 and made a fortune for herself. The San Francisco Library is displaying items that once belonged to Pleasant as part of its effort to honor her life. Librarian Greg Kelly says Pleasant was a highly successful entrepreneur. She ran a string of laundries and also boarding houses. Octavia Street here in San Francisco is where Mary Ellen Pleasant had a home built with her own money back in the late 1800s. Pleasant also ran restaurants and the workers she hired were the people who needed her help most. She employed underground uh, railroad fugitive slaves. So she was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Her dedication to civil rights is what she's known best for. Pleasant was quite a force in politics, business, and society. Historians say she became a millionaire during her years here. Several authors and now city leaders are hoping people from all over the Bay Area will learn more about her valuable contributions. 
A New York Times posthumous obituary byline states that Mary Ellen Pleasant was born into slavery, that she became a gold rush era millionaire and a powerful abolitionist. While some claim that her life seems to have been shrouded in a bit of mystery, she certainly was a successful 19th century American entrepreneur. It is estimated that she was born around 1814, some say on a Georgia plantation, while her autobiography states, insists actually, that she had been born in Philadelphia. Sacramento writer Sushil Bibbs wrote, quote, Her life is so enshrouded in mystery because she was her own spin doctor. Pleasant wrote three autobiographies, but each one contradicts the other on basic facts, such as the year of her birth. What we do know is that Mary was a dedicated abolitionist, credited with being an important conductor of the Underground Railroad. In her youth, she was sent to Nantucket, Massachusetts to live with a family as a domestic servant. She learned quickly that the invisibility of service was something she could turn to her advantage. Burning with ambition, she saw servant work as temporary. Mary said in one of her autobiographies, quote, I often wonder what I would have been with an education. I have let books alone and studied men and women a good deal. I have always noticed that when I have something to say, people listen. They never go to sleep on me. Pleasant married twice her first husband, James Henry Smith. He died sometime in the 1840s, leaving his young wife a considerable inheritance. Her second marriage was John Pleasant, whom her biographers believed she met in New Bedford, Massachusetts, a destination on the Underground Railroad. Comparing her to Harriet Tubman, W.E.B. Dubois wrote in his 1924 book, The Gift of Black Folk, that Mary was, quote, quite a different kind of woman and yet strangely effective and influential. Here was a woman who became one of the shrewdest business minds of the state. She anticipated the development in oil. She was the trusted confidant of many California pioneers such as Ralston, Mills, and Booth, and for years was a power in San Francisco affairs. In 1848, the California Gold Rush began. Mary jumped at the opportunity and moved to San Francisco and found work as a cook. She smartly eavesdropped on the wealthy people she served and using that information, she invested bits of her inheritance. Her portfolio grew to include shares in businesses that ranged from dairies and laundries to Wells Fargo Bank. She also owned restaurants and boarding houses. The rest of Mary's life has been described by historians as a zigzag of fortune and power. She formed decades-long business partnerships with a man named Thomas Bell. After his death, it turned out that much of Mary's portfolio, including the mansion she designed and had built, were held in Bell's name. Historians believed, quote, that the pair used his name in many of the business dealings to facilitate what would have been more difficult for a woman. 
Bell's widow sued Mary and won control of the Bell estate. In an instant, Mary's fortune was diminished. She died in 1904. By the end of her life, she had become a famous figure in San Francisco. And now there is a Mary Ellen Pleasant Day and a Mary Ellen Pleasant Park where she is praised as the mother of civil rights in California. She was the inspiration for Michelle Cliff's novel, Free Enterprise, and tours of the city stop and educate people about Mary on the corner of Octavia and Bush Streets, where her mansion once stood. At that very intersection is where another type of tour takes place. The Ghost Hunt Tour is led by performer Christian Kagigo, who leads curious wanderers through the streets while wearing full 19th century dress, top hat, and clacking cane. From tales of ghostly apparitions to aristocrats meeting grisly ends, every corner brings another ghoulish story from San Francisco history. One of the more popular and thought-provoking stops on Christian's ghost tour is at the Mary Ellen Pleasant Park on Octavia and Bush. It is said that Mary planted the eucalyptus trees that now grow beautifully at the park and that her ghost is said to haunt the unlit street corner. Her spirit has reportedly summoned chills, frightened dogs, and has even thrown eucalyptus nuts at passers-by. A wholly repugnant part of Mary's life that she had to deal with while she was alive were the racist whispers which grew to shouts from white people who were jealous and afraid of her wealth and power. Racists would say that she had some otherworldly hold over the wealthy white people she was close to, especially when Mary became entangled in a scandalous 1883 trial of Nevada Senator William Sharon. The senator was accused of seducing and then abandoning a young woman. Lawyers for the senator claimed that Mary, as the young woman's friend, had used dark forces to manipulate her into entrapping the senator. And rather than rejecting the rumors, she defied them and encouraged them. She carried a voodoo doll in court, claiming she would use it to bring about the senator's death. What happened, though, surprised many, including Mary. The senator died during the trial. Mary's status as a voodoo queen grew cementing her reputation as a quasi-mystical figure in San Francisco. To the public during that time, voodoo meant blood magic and malevolent intent. To Mary Ellen Pleasant, however, the real voodoo, voodown or voden, was actually her religion from her ancestral homeland of Haiti. The press had used the language of the supernatural to describe her for years, and they made her into a flat-out monster, accusing her of witchcraft and heavily implying that she not only murdered the senator, but also Thomas Bell. 
Mary Ellen Pleasant was demonized in her own lifetime, but due to her amazing life, many historians over the years since her death have made sure that people know as accurate a story as possible, highlighting her substantial work in civil rights. Sushil Bibbs poignantly added, quote, how we're remembered depends on who's telling your story. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Nomar Slovic. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted A woman could bear you, break you, take you Now it's time to rhyme Can you relate to a sister's open up To make you holler and scream Hey yo, let me take it from here, queen Excuse me, but I think I'm about to To get into precisely what I am about to do I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue So listen very carefully as I break it down for you Merrily, 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 merrily High to happy overjoyed Please will all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed Look at me throwing down the sound totally a yes Let me state the position Ladies first, yes? Yes Cause when it's time for loving, it's the woman that gives them strong Stepping, strutting, moving on, rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting We are the ones to give birth to the new generation of prophets Cause it's late, I break into a lyrical freestyle Grab the mic, look at the crowd and see smiles Cause they see a woman standing up on her own too Sloppy slouching is something I won't do Some think that we can't flow, can't flow. Stereotypes, they got to go, got to go. I'ma mess around and flip the scene into reverse With what? With a little touch of ladies first Thank you.